Hello, welcome to My Security TV. My name is Chris Coverage. I'm the editor with My Security Media. We're at Cisco Live in Melbourne. I'm joined by Helen Patton, the CISO with the security team with Cisco. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Maybe better define your role. You're the Chief mm. Information Security Officer for the security team. So yes. I'll hand it over to you in terms of what you do as a CISO with Cisco. Right. So I am the CISO for the security business group Got at it. Cisco which means my team internally makes sure that the security products we sell to our customers are secure. Got it. So we have to make sure when you sell a security product, it better be secure. So I'm really feeling like the pressure of making sure we get that right. Nice. Look, we'll embed this video into the recent uh, outcomes from a security survey. Mm. And that obviously looks at the executive teams and also the security teams right. and some of the findings. It's a global survey. It's, I think it's your third uh, within your sort of uh, uh, roadmap of, of, That's right. of reports. Maybe just some of the highlights out of that and yep. how you go about it. Yep. So we, we partner with a company called the Scientia Institute and they're a data research firm. And we do a double blind study of participants who are IT or security leaders across the globe. The responders don't know Cisco's asking and Got we it. don't know who's being asked questions. So depending on the survey, 4,500 to 5,100 companies across the planet who responded, we've done this three times. We really wanted to find out not just what were people doing in security, but what actually worked in security. Yep. So we started with the first study where we said, what are the outcomes we want from a security program? And in general, they were, we want uh, to enable the business, we want to reduce risk, and we want to be efficient about doing it. So those were the main outcomes. And then the question was, well, what activities lead to those outcomes? And that was the first study. The second study, we looked at the top five activities that led to those outcomes and we went deeper on them. Yep. So things like uh, having an integrated technology stack, having really good incident response capabilities, for example. This last study, we really wanted to look at the things that business leadership were most interested in because all of our executives are really hyper aware of security, yep. but they don't necessarily know what they need to know, right? Um, and so this question of security resilience comes up. This is sort of the buzzword of, we don't do security for security's sake, but we do security to enable the business to do whatever it is the business does and to dependably continue doing that work. Yeah. So we talk about security resilience. So in this report, we looked at, well, what things contribute towards a business being security resilient? Um, and it was things like executive buy-in, uh, executive sponsorship, really necessary, yeah. or having a cloud strategy, doesn't, it didn't have to be only cloud, but being really intentional about that strategy, for example, helps an organisation be resilient. So that's where we went. There was a key finding that you made in terms of the digital transformation. If they're fully on-prem or they're fully in the cloud, they right. tend to be more secure. But if they're in the middle between sort of a hybrid on-prem and yeah. cloud and you know, they're, they're still kind of transforming. The mushy middle. Yeah, the yeah. mushy middle, I think you did, that's right, you called it. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good finding mm. to understand where businesses are. And as you said, the, the message there is you want to get through that mushy middle very quickly, quickly right? Yeah. And, and transform quickly. Yeah, that's right. And we recognise no one's going to be perfectly cloud, especially if they're an older company. There's just a lot of technology that floats around you're not going to be able to change. But being really intentional about how you secure cloud versus how you secure on-prem, the hard part is when, you, when you're trying to do both at once, especially when you've got a 
talent shortage of security professionals, it's you need different skills to secure on-prem than cloud. Yeah. You need different tooling, you need different processes. And asking a security team to do both at the same time is really difficult. Do you think that's where the risk does lay between the, the skill sets having to change? There's definitely a thing to it. So part of the study was if we, if we are resilient, we actually do a better job of attracting and retaining talent. The challenge, though, is that that's the hardest thing yeah, to right. do, according to the participants. And that's a global phenomenon, not just Asia Pacific or, yeah. or Australia. So, uh, yeah, having, having a security team that is not just skilled in tech, but skilled in being able to communicate with the rest of the business in terms of what's important As and where to spend their too, time. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard. It's, it's hard. It's a bit of a unicorn to find a security person that's got all of that wrapped up yeah. in one person. Yeah. I think the other key finding uh, is worth highlighting is the giving the contractors or your response team some leeway yeah. uh, also created a bit more resilience longer That's term. Exactly Maybe right. just talk about that one. Yeah, so when, especially when you don't have a lot of people, you tend to fill up their day with busyness and yep. you, you overextend them. And what we find is if you've got an overextended security team, they're not going to be capable of identifying and responding quickly to a cyber event when it occurs. So you've got to be really intentional about how you organize the work of people. And it's not just the security team, it can be the IT teams as well and help desks and so forth. You've got to give them you've got to give them a little bit of breathing space so that if an incident does occur, they've got the bandwidth to be able right. to deal with it. Um, and that requires, frankly, operational maturity. Forget security maturity. It just requires the ability to really manage your staff very well. We don't it's do a, that very well. I was going to say, it's also <laughs> nice to have. that We're hearing a lot of, you know, not so much burnout, but high stress yeah, levels right. in security teams. Yes. Particularly here in Australia, on the back of some uh, high-level breaches. You yeah. can imagine how, uh, you know, it's a marathon in terms of these crisis management. It's still, yeah. you know, and it's burnout it e is easy. So, yeah, allowing yeah. some leeway, it's a good note to know, I think, yeah. from an executive team, but mm -hmm. uh, given a skills shortage, it might be easier said than done. It is. I'm, I, I will tell you I'm actually optimistic about this. One of the benefits of when you get a lot of breaches happening in an environment is you, you get awareness from executives. Yeah. And what we're seeing in Australia and other places right now is a lot of awareness from executives that they really have to engage in this issue. As someone who's been in the industry a really long time, one of the things that contributes to burnout when you're a security person is when you have executives that say to their customers, we care about security, but internally they don't fund it yeah. and they deprioritize it. That values mismatch causes burnout. Um, so I'm really actually pretty bullish right now to say we're starting to see alignment between what executives say and what they're actually doing, and that will help mitigate burnout issues yeah. with security teams. And something I raised, uh, we're also finding the executive team, once they've got the buy-in, the security team has that executive buy-in, it's the next challenge is then to push it through the business, and it always depends, and that comes to culture. Yes. Uh, there was a key point there. What were some of the findings around culture, just to finish off, in terms of good cybersecurity culture? Yep resonates through for resilience? It does. And so things like you don't just do security training that is compliance training. Like certainly your employees need to know how to spot when weird things happen and how to report. But you want the training to be security awareness related. And what we do find is things like training employees on how to be secure at home, how to protect their family, builds habits that they bring back to the office with them 
virtually or otherwise in a hybrid way, but they, those habits come back and then they use those same habits to protect the company. So just generally helping employees understand how to be secure for themselves translates into a more secure organisation and a more resilient organisation. Well, I think it definitely underlines the hybrid work uh, sort That's of right. theme of Cisco Live uh, 2022 in Melbourne. Um, Helen Patton, thank you so much. Thanks Welcome to Melbourne. Me. Enjoy uh, half rain, half sunshine as, as Melbourne <laughs> as does. Always, yes. But thanks for thank joining you. us on My Security TV at Cisco Live 2022. Thanks very much, Helen. Thank you very much. Good on you. Good work. Thanks.